welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast as we look ahead to Sunderland's uh, match against Gillingham in the FA Cup Round 1 on Saturday at the Stadium of Light. 1pm kickoff for that one, bit of a funny kickoff time. But nevertheless, uh, the FA Cup, something to be celebrated. We'll get into that. Is it or is it not? Uh, speaking more broadly about the FA Cup these days. We'll have a little look back at the match on Tuesday. Uh, we'll get some predictions and the team to play uh, against Gillingham at the weekend. In the studio with myself, Frankie Francis, this evening we have Michael Love. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, we also have Richard Easterbrook. Hello, you're right. Yes, hi. Welcome to the studio and the podcast in which we look ahead to the weekend's game. But we must probably start, as there wasn't a reaction programme, although quite a few of us did attend the game on Tuesday evening uh, where we Sunderland got beat uh, 1-2 by Leicester uh, under-21s. Mickey, you were there. Richard, you weren't. We're going to try and, you know, now that the the dust has settled after Tuesday, um, we'll come to you first, Mickey. Your initial reaction on Tuesday, because I follow you on social media, you're a little bit angry about it. Have you calmed down yet? Yeah, well, as Steve Bruce likes to say, I've dusted myself down, (laughs) licked my wounds and ready to go again on Saturday. But I think on Tuesday it wasn't even so much of a result that really kind of wound me up. It was a manner of a display and it wasn't even the fact we were just poor. It was the fact that Leicester under-21s, and I know they had a couple of more senior players playing, but they were better than us in every department and that was the most disturbing thing. So out of possession they were really well organised, really well drilled. We weren't when they were in possession. They looked a lot slicker than us, they were a lot faster than us. And yes, naturally they're going to be more up for it because they're coming to a big stadium, having a real good opportunity to show what they're about. But I just think on Tuesday there was a distinct lack of professional pride on show and I think the majority of that is on the players. Richard, you weren't at the game on Tuesday. Perhaps your perspective is a little bit different. Are you glad that we uh, got defeated in the, the Czech Are you one of these supporters who think, you know, get out of the cups, just concentrate on the league? Very, very much so, yeah. Um, the novelty for the Czech trade of the Leeson.com, as it's known now. Yeah, um, sorry. Really did I did. say that? You, I think you said Czech trade, but that's... It's, we all know what it is. Well, that's the name in our hearts, isn't it? Because, you know, we've we've got so much history yeah, with, with It's with a motive. Trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I wonder if you abandoned trophy still in Wembley. It, well, I did contact Wembley. I, I don't know if you told you about this. I, I contacted Wembley Stadium <laughs> when we got back there for the uh, playoffs. Apologies, I, uh, for that. I emailed them. And I was like, "Where's my trophy?" I left it in vain, but now I want it back because I want to customize it for the playoffs. But um, <laughs> sadly, they never got back to. Didn't us. get back to you. No, I guess it wasn't high up in their priorities. Um, and also, it was probably quite high on the list of offensive items to be brought into the stadium, especially when it looked like a machete. Yeah. So, but anyway, enough about the, the trophy. Um, yeah, this this is completely down on my list of priorities for this season, as in it doesn't really feature at all. That said, um, I didn't see the game, but I've seen a lot of people commenting on the manner of the victory, just as Mickey's just said. Um, that is a point of concern, because if you go into a game, it's 11 against 11. You've got you know got to act professionally and... and also, there's there's a case to make to Phil Parkinson if to the players like Dylan McGeoch, like Grant Ledbetter, who aren't massively involved under Parkinson, to kind of stake the claim, and, and by all accounts, that didn't happen. Uh, are you allowed to uh, admire some of the opposition players that, are, that were on show for Leicester the other night? They were, in particular, uh, the, the guy who got the, the second goal, uh, Dewsbury Hall, he was really good, and uh, George Hurst as well, who was the, the striker for them. They're players... Does that come into the conversation a bit as well, Mickey? I think it was um, 
if not inspirational, certainly aspirational for us as a club that that's ideally where we want to be, where we have a second string team or not even second string really. Um, an academy side. An, an academy side who does play football of that standard, of that quality, because it was really good to watch. It'd be nice to have a first string at the moment though. Exactly, this is the thing. Uh, but what the disappointing thing is, realistically, how many of those players are going to make it at Premier League level who started for Leicester last night? I'd suggest not many of them, just on the law of averages. Hmm. So the fact that we were so comprehensively outplayed, I think that's a big worry. And I take your point, Richard, I'm very much about the league this season. I couldn't care less if we got knocked out of all the cup competitions at the first hurdle, if we get promoted. But unfortunately, that's not happening either at the minute. So you need to get wins to kind of build a little bit of confidence and a bit of momentum. And I just worry now that it gives people, like myself even, I mean, I'm not one to turn on a manager straight away or anything like that. But you look at it and objectively, if you include the Oxford game, he's lost four out of his first six. And that doesn't create good reading. So that means if he has a little bit of a a tough period when the statistics very early on look very poor and people can get on his back and then you get cut adrift and it's just not a good environment for the club to be around, which is in stark contrast to the position we were in this time last season. So for Parkinson's sake, as much as anybody, we need to start recording victories regardless of the competition we're in. There's a risk that when you put in a performance like that, it can create a bit of a negative um, feeling around the club and and as much as I'd like to have seen us kind of you know, put put the weekend team out that we did within the parameters of 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 the of the trophy. You know, having to put out um, players that have played already this season, players that have got well, it, it wasn't. It's, it's it was not, a week. It was a weekend side, but it was still a very professional side that came yeah. out. You know, the likes of exactly. uh, Lawrence de Bock, uh, Ali Mozturk, who was tremendous at the end of last season. Obviously, maybe he was carrying an injury and then unfortunately went off with the injury. That's that's put. Bad to see, isn't it? Because the, you know the backup's not there now in that position. Is it not a case of those people who were given opportunities like Benji Kimby or simply just didn't take them on Tuesday night? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, the more I think about um, Tuesday, yes, we did look directionless, directionless, sorry, and quite single pace. But I don't think you can pin that on the manager too much because of how many changes were made and that side aren't necessarily haven't played together very often. We were playing against a side that does play together week in week out but I just think that it was just basic things that we weren't doing correctly and like you say if they're wanting to make any sort of claim to be on the first team in the first team rather on a regular basis have completely missed the opportunity Did anyone impress at all? In short no Okay There's players before that were knocking on the door for Phil Parkinson and I think he's had his answer now and you know there's players who've got contracts up in, up for renewal Maybe the club have got their answer now on 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 those players. Whether so in that case, is that is a Tuesday night's game very useful for Phil Parkinson? I think it's the old adage, isn't it? You learn more from defeat than you do from victory. Who but says that? I like it though. Just me, just now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, right. Well, we're gonna look ahead to the the weekend's game. We got Gillingham in the cup. Obviously, it wasn't the tie. You know, the, 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 you know well, I mean, what what tie do you want in the first round of the FA Cup, Mickey? Just an obscure non-league club away. That would have been my ideal scenario. Just is it that is that the tie you want, or is that a massive banana skin for more? I'm talking more from the, I'm talking more from like a supporters' viewpoint. Just getting to go to, to one of these grounds, you're not going to get the chance to go to very mm-hmm. often. Although I did used to say about the likes of Rochdale and places like that a few years ago. So Can't you never get enough know. of them now, Mickey. <laughs> I know. Right. We've just slid right into that League One feeling mentality now that. You get through round one, get through the second round, and then you look for a big tie against a Premier League club away from home. A bit of a money spinner, but uh, it doesn't really inspire. It doesn't really get set the heart well, racing, does it? That's got that's, the FA. We'll speak about it more broadly, but the FA Cup has got 
that going for it, which the League Cup hasn't. Uh, I'm not too sure what the, the the price scale is for the Leeson.com, but League League Cup now doesn't give you any money as you progress up until the quarters. I don't think FA Cup you do, uh, and it's pretty in, well, significant for, for Lemons like us. Thirty, I think it's thirty-two grand if we win on Saturday. Is that a consideration, Mickey, going forward, or was it an incentive for both club and I guess I, I don't know you. Is it? I mean, let's speak about the FA Cup. What does it mean to you, Richard? What does the FA Cup mean to you now? FA Cup third round is my favourite day of the season. But we're not in the FA Cup third No, no, I'm just saying It's that. the first it's... round. Shouldn't it? Surely the magic of the Cup is yeah. stronger in the first round, right? I, I think I love the FA Cup and I love the, the variety and the diversity of teams that you get. And and just the, the way that it's a leveller, that with, without using too many um, cliches, form isn't an issue in the FA Cup. It, it's an exciting competition it's it's a competition that we've won and it's something I hold very dear in my heart but we've got to focus on the league and it really hurts us to say we, sh- we can't be focusing on this as, as a priority. But Mickey was saying earlier that uh, you know confidence is bred with with wins. Do you do you do you, would you take a you, obviously you don't want someone ever to get beat as a Sunderland supporter, Mick, uh, Richard? But does it, uh, are you happy with the weekend side going out and getting beat by Gillingham at home on Saturday? I think we can put a weekend team out and still beat Gillingham. Yeah, I think that's that's still very much a, especially at home with a with with home support. They they might not exactly rise to the occasion. You don't know how it's going to work. How out seriously do you think Gillingham's going to take this game? They'll probably they'll probably treat it as a as a as a tie that we would had we been in the third round. It would be you know going to a big big stadium, mm. going to a big club. You know we're still a massive old club despite our current standing. They will raise themselves for it, but. I think we've got enough to beat them. I, I think, given the game we've got against Gunthorpe coming up on Tuesday, I think you go full strength on Saturday, and then you make your rotation if necessary on Tuesday. Because when our first team player is going to get the opportunity to play first team football with the Bristol Rovers game being called off, so that means we're going to essentially go weeks. Really, this is why I think this run of cup games isn't particularly helpful, because there is a lot of rotation, a lot of change in the squad. And it might give parts of an idea going forward and, and trying new things out, but I think our players are going to be rusty going into the games at the back end of the month. So I think the Gillingham game is a game where you play as strong a team as possible. And then you, and then if you want to make changes, make them against Scunthorpe. That's the way I say it. Going back to the, the competition as, as you know as a broad broader point, Mickey, are you a fan of the FA Cup? Does it mean a lot to you? Yeah, absolutely love the FA Cup. It's a competition. Probably the highest calibre of competition that we've traditionally had a chance of winning. So obviously the League Cup's like nice, and when we got there in two thousand and fourteen, I think that is probably one of the best weekends of my life supporting Sunderland. But I'd still would always prefer to win the FA Cup because it's like kind of a curtain closing on the domestic season, and it still does get a lot of coverage, and there's a lot of love for the FA Cup still. So as I say, it's a competition that. I do hold very daily and I'd much rather progress to the second round of the FA Cup than I would the next stage of the Leeson.com trophy any day of the week. But um, what about Premier League sides? You know, do you think they take the FA Cup as seriously as you know as the romantics yeah. in football like yourself? Of course I don't. I mean, it's um, a little bit of a pet hate. Did mine. we when we were in the Premier League, for example? Um, I think we took it maybe as seriously as we could because we were always in a relegation battle, so... You saw we took it um, relatively seriously under Poirier, ironically, until we got to the quarterfinals against Hull, obviously that infamous weight and team. Um, so no, I don't think we did take it all that seriously, but that was because 
the ultimate goal was to stay in the Premier League. But what really infuriates me, and I think a lot of supporters, is when you see the likes of Bournemouth play a lower league team in the FA Cup and they make 11 changes in the third or fourth round and realistically they're not going to qualify for Europe, we're not going to get relegated. Well, our neighbours are probably the most famous example of that, aren't they? The supporters would say that they should go for a competition like that. Well, I mean, this season they're in a relegation battle as well, so I don't think they're going to. But yeah, I completely take your point. I think teams should take it seriously, but... I think now, unless it's uh, the Champions League, I don't think clubs take any cup competition seriously until they get to the quarterfinals at a minimum, and it's quite sad to see, really. Yeah, but Richard, come in on that. I think clubs take a very rational view on it. It's not romantic at all, but they look at it. You know, club a mid-table club, a lower league, a lower, a lower Premier League side, take a look at it and go, well, we're not going to win this. Why do we? Why should we waste our players? If they did win it, they'd, they'd get about as much prize money as they would by finishing one place, one place higher in the division. So the focus on the Premier League because that's where the money is and that, mm. that's where the long-term sustainability is. And if they stay in that, that's great. If they, you know, if they go out the FA Cup in the semi-final, people will remember that for a few years, but it doesn't actually mean anything in the, in the scheme of growth and sustainability. So if we were to go out on Saturday, who knows? Might happen, might not. Do you, do you follow the competition, Mickey? Do you, do you look forward to the final and stuff like that? Oh, of course. I mean, um, the F- as you said, FA Cup third round day is one of your favourite days of year. FA, FA Cup final day for me is still one of... My favourite days of the year, it's one of them things where I, I know you just always look forward to it and it's one of them few games where I think I do like sit and watch the build-up to it consciously and stuff like that. And funny enough, you talk about the kind of spirit and the romanticism of a cup. I was watching on YouTube um, about a week or so ago, meanwhile back in Sunderland, the documentary, and it's absolutely fantastic, yeah, like kind of captures brilliantly the kind of like, it's a snow, social snapshot really, of like the era and the town Just of Sunderland. For people who may not have seen it, what is it, Mickey? It, it's essentially um, FA Cup final day filmed from five o'clock in the morning until midnight on Cup final day. In it, Sunderland? Yeah, in Sunderland. And it just follows people um, going about the daily business. It shows people setting off to London from Sunderland Central Station on the morning. And it's quite endearing actually seeing everybody off to a match in like the the best like suits and everything like yeah. that. And yeah. even people, yeah, even people who are watching it in the pub are wearing like they have like red and white rosettes on on the suits and things like that. And it's just quite strange because men of that era quite often you didn't see them like looking really like outwardly emotional, but on that thing you saw them kind of like tearing up and how much it meant to them and people who were talked about like how they'd seen it in 37 they didn't think would be around to see us win another competition it's very kind of stirring so you watch things like that and you can't help but think it's a great competition did we get a taste of that last season when we went to Wembley a couple of times did you feel that civic pride for the Czech trade certainly because it, it the problem was the the idea of us getting to the final last season as you might remember I was very pro the Czech trade trophy and trying to get to the final and trying to win it purely because I thought that if we did win it, it gives us um, a momentum and it's kind of all part of the rebuilding process. So the, the kind of the dream was to get promoted automatically and win the Czech Trade Trophy and really make a statement like we're back and we've had our day out at Wembley, we've banished this Wembley hoodoo. But unfortunately, I think it had the reverse effect because we lost that game and then you go into the Charlton game, you lose that again. And I think now we've got Wembley fatigued to the point where it's like you say you've got that dilemma I never want Sunderland to lose a match but I don't want to get the Wembley this season in that, yeah. in that trophy it, it could still be on you know You know, we we win the other games possibly we go through we win a couple of knockout games and before you know it like last season you're the, the final once again I mean there's no reason why the side we've got there's no reason why we can't but, that, you know? but like I say I think Richard before you said that like, we are kind of like a league one team and stuff like that there was kind of that's the vibe you get and I feel that if we missed out on promotion again this season and won the Leeson Dotcom Trophy, I don't think anyone would care because the idea of our competition 
is to give a day out to like no suspect of them. Like when Lincoln won it a few seasons ago, it's like a team that's not going to get the Wembley in any other means. But really, Sunderland, as I say, we should have aspirations of being a Premier League club and every 10 to 15 years or so getting to a Wembley final in a better competition. Mm. I know, I know Brian Clough uh, was cited quite a lot last season. I know you, you said it yourself. Um, I think you did on, a, on the reaction pod. I did, yeah. That Brian Clough says once you have a taste of champagne, once you get champagne, once you have a, get a taste for it, probably not the best person to say that, considering. Yeah, but... he had, had a bit of a drink problem in the end. <laughs> loved loved all it. the champagne. <laughs> but it's, it's probably right, yeah. It's probably right to an extent, you know, winning breeds winning. Um, getting to Wembley and winning, winning the, the, the Leeson.com trophy would be good for the club. Um, whether it's a priority, I just don't think it is. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, so Saturday, nice, but it's priority. Of course, priority. We, you know, we win on Saturday. Be Gillingham. The FA Cup run is on. But what's the side going to be on Saturday? Given that a couple of players looked a bit leggy uh, after the game, well, during the game, some, <laughs> some of them. Uh, and we've got, obviously got injuries through the squad. Gooch, uh, Burge still out by the looks of things. Ozturk now out, which means a couple of Flanagan and. Willis in, in at the back, but does does he go back to his you know his, his normal start eleven? What's what sides likely to be seen on Saturday? Do you think Mickey will start with you? Although I've already said on Saturday, for me you've got to go full strength because then if you don't, you're going to be playing a pretty identical side on Saturday and on Tuesday against Scunthorpe, and that would be three games in a row and seven days of football where your first team squad haven't featured. It's been a lot of football recently, hasn't it? No, but there has been a lot of football, and they have needed um, like a bit of a rest, but. Best will in the world, as we saw on Tuesday. I don't think Saturday is going to be played at 100 mile an hour full intensity. So I think just to give them the first team players a game, take them over, hopefully get a victory, get a bit of confidence going. Maybe get, like, if Will Grigg starts up front, I know we keep saying that every week, hopefully he can get on the score sheet and just kind of spread a bit of confidence around the team. And then on Tuesday, that's a game for me where you can make your rotation because I don't think too many supporters are really that bothered about our progression in that trophy. So, how do you think Sunderland will set up, Richard? I think I agree with Mickey. Um, go strong. We've we've got you oh, know, as strong as you can. As strong as you can. Yeah, we've got we've got the kind of flexibility to go with that. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that later down the line, if when the games are stacking up, and we do have this another FA Cup game or an FA Cup second round game or another another um, AFL trophy game, is that's when you completely prioritise. Completely. Um, I think we managed it all right last season. Um, I just think it, we just ran out of steam. It was too, yeah. too many games, but. For a while, it looked like we were managing it. Yeah. Well, speaking of backlog, uh, uh, as Mickey touched upon earlier, it's been officially announced today uh, on Thursday the 7th, if you're listening to this, or Friday the 8th, last night, uh, that uh, the Bristol Rovers away game has been called off, uh, postponed, sorry, because of international call-ups to John McLaughlin, uh, Conor McLaughlin and Tom Flanagan. Uh how, how, do, how do you feel in the room about this? Mickey, do you want to come in first? It simply had to be, unfortunately, Because this of time. the burgeon. Yeah. In an ideal world, you wouldn't be calling these gears off. I think we talked at length um, last time about the purpose of signing Lee Burgess so that you don't cancel these games. But I think it would be grossly unfair to throw Anthony Patterson into a game. I mean, the only way I could see around it is if maybe we could have reached some, reached some agreement sorry, with Scotland about releasing McLaughlin. Either that or maybe like kind of looking to get an emergency loan keeper or something like that, but I don't think either of those were a realistic proposition. Mm. So I think to throw Anthony Patterson into that environment would have been very unfair. Um, I've not seen a tremendous amount of him um, in under-23s football, but from what I've seen, he certainly... Because I didn't think that Max Strijek was really good enough to make the step up um, last season, and from what I've seen, Patterson is nowhere near as good as Strijek. So as I say, I just think it would have been 
grossly unfair all round and would have really limited our chance of getting anything out of the game. So I think it's entirely correct to call it off this time. Richard, same sentiment. These are the games that that you should be looking at to call off when when you know when when Burge is out, when McLaughlin's going to be out. You don't want to be looking at Rugi to bring in. It's the games against Burton. It's the games against uh, was against Fleetwood. That was called off. That shouldn't have been called yeah. off. Those are the ones that are, that are going to bite us. These mm-hmm. are the ones that are, that are, that are absolutely right to be to be postponed. But where they're going to be rescheduled, I don't know. Yeah. What, do, do you think it's bad if we have a back, backlog again, Mickey? It didn't yeah. work out for us last season, did it? Of course it is, because you'd much rather have points on the board. Because I think last season, well, right now, be... if you look at the league psychologically, yeah, you know, th- there's a couple of games in it now, isn't there? And we're falling behind those top two, aren't we? Uh, of course. And then the problem is when you. When those round of fixtures are played and you're not playing, you sat watching final score or Sky Sports News or however you keep up the day at the footy, and you sit and watch the scores come in, you're like, oh, like where's Ipswich winning again? They're pulling further forward. Mm. Then you're looking at the table and it looks horrific to see Sunderland place like between like eighth and tenth in in League One. And as I say, then you kind of you're chasing to even like get in the playoff place and keep in touch. Yeah. So as I say, the backlog it, it's absolutely far from ideal. And you saw last season, you're going into March April time. And every game, it, it becomes a must-win. Yeah. And, and it's, as I say, it's just not ideal when every game has that level of pressure on it. We spent last season chasing our tail and we never caught it. Um, I think that's, that could be the same again. We, you know, it, I'd much rather have points in hand than games in hand. Or tails. In hand. Ta- tails hey. in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Keep, yeah. keep it clean. Uh, all right, then. So what, what we're saying setup-wise uh, on, on Saturday, obviously, the goalie. Yeah, um, so McLaughlin is yeah. obviously... Um, what about the centre... Centre back pairing. Um, I'd go, I'd go Lynch and um and Willis. As I say, just absolutely as full strength as possible. Have we got a predicament of right back? In the, the predicament is that um Colin McLaughlin's not very good. I think that's a, that's a predicament. Um, it, it's it's such a shame though because all nine's been excellent playing that uh, more advanced position so far. So I think it's a little bit unfair on him to drop him back in the right back um, Denver keeps his place at left back you would think maybe um, I know I've just said they'll go full strength but um, I might say that and uh, maybe give like him and Debock half each just to, because I think Debock just needs as much football as possible because he looked really leggy on Tuesday after about 20 minutes half an hour so we need to get as many minutes into him as possible if he's going to feature but then again with us having the game on Tuesday you could maybe play Debock then so mm. that's not too much of a worry midfield um, I'll throw this over to Richard so would you put um, all nine at right back or would you put him into the midfield I'd rather see him in midfield because he's, he's he's really kind of effective uh, yeah he's really effective he's doing alright then I think he deserves a role I, I think it's unfair enough to say right you've done your, you've done your bit in, in, in midfield right back to go back to right back for you so, someone said I, I think it might be an, on Wiseman Say pod on Monday that all nine is a better midfielder for spending so much time at right back I think he's a better footballer for it Mm-hmm. I think he it introduced him into the team because um, you could see when when he came on when he started against Charlton uh, eighteen months ago he he, he kind of wilted a bit and he looked a bit rabbity yeah. rabbity in the headlightsy <laughs> and I think he just needed to to get a run in the team somewhere on the pitch just to just to kind of understand the fans' expectations maybe how the the speed of the speed of our our play you know well don't the speed of play pressure. who's 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 in the middle then Mickey um so. If we go, so you, you, uh, would you be tempted to start in the middle how they did on Tuesday night, for example? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's such a shame to say because obviously I've got a lot of time for Ledbetter as a character and as a personality, and he clearly loves Sunderland. But 
it was just evident on Tuesday. He just looks absolutely shot. I mean, is it not either or though? Is it is it either McGeoch or Ledbetter in that situation? Not both at the same time. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, the um, and but I was really disappointed with McGeoch. I think he was one of the biggest disappointments. I understand he hasn't had a lot of football, but he was terrible for their second goal and. He kept giving the ball away and kind of slowing the game down. So I'd, I'd be tempted actually to even maybe go with um, Power and Dobson in the centre of midfield, as I say, because I want to keep it like absolutely strong as possible. And uh, speaking of that, who do, who goes on the left and who goes up front? So maybe, so maybe it's time to have a bit of an experiment of playing as full strength as possible without having McGeady in the side, because obviously that's a big debate at the moment that the game slowing down against to him and he's kind of playing his own game. So maybe this is time to play like your your best team, but minus McGeady, just to see how we get on without him. And then kind of if you get another win under your belt and you play well without them, maybe it's time to look at that a little bit more long term, which is something that I have argued against for a while because I've always been of the adage that he's our best player, therefore you must play him. But he's quite clearly out of form at the minute, so maybe he needs a spell on the sidelines to try and get him back in the swing of things. I don't know what Richard thinks. No, it's, it, it's right. I think McGeady's slowing the game down I don't think Parkinson's a fan of, of what he's doing in that respect because you can see tactically we're, we're set up to, to get the ball forward as quickly as possible get the ball into the box from wide positions um, he, he does he does that now and then but he does it after after a, a long time so he'll faff about with it shuffle around get it onto his right and as Gareth said the other night he just if he can't get a shot off he'll work it out wide by which time they've got numbers back and, and it's just just futile yeah. who's, in, who's up top then? Um, you want a Grig to start? Maybe. Yeah, I do want Grig to start. Um, Maybe pe- Defoe. Yeah, <laughs> Defoe for not, you. Not Defoe, but Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. No, uh, no, I'd certainly yeah. start Grig. I think um, McNulty, I think he's been very disappointing lately. Um, I think what more? Um, I think sixty minutes. Parkinson seems to like what more. Yeah, I think I'd give him sixty minutes tomorrow, and then try and give him at least forty-five on Tuesday. As I say, just get more minutes into him. Um, he was quite poor the other night, but then again, he's coming back from that ex- big exact, time oh, out. Of course, I mean he's not going to be consistent straight away, and I think he's actually maybe exceeded expectations since he's come back into the team. So I've got no worries long term about what more, and hopefully he can be the what more that we hoped he would be last season when he came in. Okay, uh, with that in mind, prediction time, guys. It's a bit of a short one, as there's not really much much meat to talk about tonight. What do you think the score is going to be on on Saturday? I'll I'd take a two one. Yeah, 2-1. Um, all right then. Uh, well, I'm going to say 2-1 as well. Why not? All the same. going to happen then. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure whether there'll be a reaction podcast on Saturday, depending on uh, how many of the, uh, the wise men say fraternity are in attendance at the game. There will, of course, be the usual Monday night podcast with Stephen and Gareth. That's it for us uh, on this particular pod. Uh, oh, from Richard wants to say something. The live show as well. Tickets are still going. I for thought that. you were going to like propose to your other half or something <laughs> no. like that. <laughs> no, well, I can't propose. It admin. Again. What's the admin? The admin live show. Friday, yeah, it's not December. sold out yet. There are a few tickets. It's because left. I'm not on the bill. That's why. There's literally. I'm in a attendance. Handful, uh, literally a handful of tickets. Depending how on many, how many tickets. How big's you your hands? Well, mine's pretty big. You make, could get at least. He's got quite a big hand. Fifteen too. tickets in that hand. Yeah, probably. So maybe half a hand. Maybe a small hand. Whoever's got small hands. Where it's can they get tickets handle. from? Uh, they can get them from the wisemansafe.co.uk website. Okay, that sounds good to me. Uh, thanks, guys. I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>